All aboard! Today we are punching our tickets and we are headed to Florida. That's right, on the old Jamestown Railroad. We're headed right your way there in Florida. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, I am here today with Jerry, is it Fierro? That's correct. Right, and um, Jerry lives in Florida and he I've been listening to his CD while I've been painting all day. Nice. And it's a, it's called the yeah. dog live at the dog tooth, dog tooth, dog and that's tooth. a that's a sports club down there. It is. It's a sports and music bar, and I, I'm not sure where the name came from. I think it was a restaurant in New Jersey um, that the owner just really liked, so he he used the name down here. You know, I I went to the site and checked out the menu. It looks good. Yeah, it's actually very good. He's yeah. got he's got a lot to offer. I don't know how they do it with all those dishes on there, but one thing I will say is his pizza is really good, which is unusual for Florida. Yeah, you know it's more of a, it's more of a northeast pizza. So you know, there's tons of people here from from New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. They probably um, honed their skills for you guys. Yeah, yeah, found a good recipe. I think he had to to uh, keep up the reputation because this this particular place, Mudbone has been playing there for 11 years every Tuesday. And we've been through five owners. So, you know, it was successful a couple of times and then the owners sold. Um, one time it was not successful at all. The last uh, incarnation of this particular place, it was called the Vodka Bar. <laughs> <laughs> the owners just didn't do it right, so it only lasted one year. But this guy, Stoyan, uh, good guy, likes music. He's got live music seven nights a week, um, and he's he's good. He supports us. We support him. You know, it's it's a relationship. Exactly. It's just one of those. You know, we have to do our part. He has to do his part. So I mean, we're all we're all happy. So you know, and that makes a difference. I know that. Uh... I always tell people it, it's a lot to do with the chemistry that you form with the people you're performing for. And it makes a big difference, you know. Um, it makes it easier, it makes it fun. And yeah. sometimes that just doesn't happen. No, I know I my, my steady Monday gig is just the opposite. It's for a corporation, you know, it's a restaurant, an upscale restaurant. Um, so we have to behave to begin with, which we totally get and we can do. I mean, it's nice. I don't have I don't have to bring, you know, I play congas and percussion as well. So I have to lug that stuff around. But otherwise, I'm just bringing harmonica and the microphone, which I really enjoy, you know, from my days, you know, studying with Sonny Terry, that acoustic sound is just beautiful on the harmonica. And I agree. You know, when I don't have to when I don't have to compete with electric guitars and bass and drums it's just a beautiful thing and i and i understand that as well so i want to get into your background i want to know um where you started and the and the people listening want to know where and how 
you fell in love with the harmonica? Well, I have a cousin. And when I was, you know, in my formative years, 14, 15, 16, he was, he's a couple of years older than I am. And he had a band called Harlequin. They all had long hair and it was always beautiful women hanging around. So I was very impressionable back then. And I dug it. I mean, they were playing Zeppelin and Tull and all the stuff we listened to. And he played harmonica and sang. Sang mostly, but he played harmonica. And uh, I thought that was really cool. I mean, you can carry it around in your pocket. You know, what, what better way? And there were no musicians in my family. You know, my brother had a brief stint with the accordion when he was young, which was another influence. The accordion and the harmonica. That's pretty cool, man. We've been talking about the chemistry that happens between people, instances, restaurants, club owners, and um, everyone in between. That voodoo, that hoodoo, the thing that makes it all work, that chemistry. And you're going to hear it here with, the, with this clip I put in here for you. I'm going to use just whatever it takes.
because I have a huge family and we would have these backyard parties and he would sit there and play his accordion and, and the relatives would just throw money in a bucket and I'm like, booga, you know, I'm ready to go. But I didn't start playing until many years later. I didn't start playing. I picked up harp, I think, on my 16th birthday. And um, by the time I was 17, I was playing in bars. Sneaking in, sneaking in, they were sneaking me in to play. And, you know, I just had some really good experiences. I had a great teacher right, right off the bat, Bob Hoochie Coochie Pellucci. And he's, a, he's, from, uh, he's from my hometown of Patterson, New Jersey. That's where we met. But he's a Long Island guy now, a member of the Long Island Blues Society. Um, fantastic unsung hero as far as I'm concerned, man. The guy's really got chops. He's, got, he's melodic. He's got, he's got it all. He's got it all. Plus, he plays guitar and sings now, too. And he just sent me a couple of his songs, which are really good. But he... Um, in the beginning, I think his most important important piece of advice was turn the harp the other way. And I was holding it upside down. I don't remember that. But his mo it really his most in important piece of advice was I'm going to teach you what not to play because there's a whole lot more that you can play than that you can't. So he taught me in the beginning the notes to stay away from. And which is, you know, something that I teach my students today. I mean, it's it was really, really helpful. But, you know, over the years, I met a guy, um, I think when I was 16, you know, I'd probably only been a few months into playing, four or six months into playing, and I answered an ad in this old rag that we had in New Jersey called the Aquarian Magazine, just, the, you know, the music scene magazine. And as you probably know, back then in the late 70s, 80s, there was, the scene was quite a bit better. You know, there were tons of places to play. The drinking age was 18, so there were more people out. And I answered an ad. I, I don't remember exactly what the ad said, but it was for blues. And, and I called the guy up, and, and he gave me an audition. Me and a, and a blind violinist named Violet. And Violet wasn't very good, so I got the gig. And this guy, his name is uh, Sun Lewis, S-O-N Lewis. And he's like a historian of the blues. He knows everything. He knows who wrote it, when it was written. He plays really great guitar, acoustic guitar, like Delta style. I just love, you know, the way he does it. And, you know, he was from the town right next door, um, which bared the Patterson name. He was in West Patterson. I was in, I was in South Patterson. And we just played together. We played together for 35 years. Wow. You know? And still, when I, when I visit New Jersey, we try and get together and do something. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we, we did a whole lot together. Um, played with a bunch of people, you know, did the whole IBC thing 25 years ago. Uh, yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. That's a big experience right there. Yeah. But I, I played with, um, I played with Sonny for, I want to say, about eight years or so. 
and then I got into a rock and roll band that played like seven nights a week. And it was, you know, we did a lot of Grateful Dead at first, but the band evolved over over the years that I played with them, and we did everything. You know, they the the drummer, very special person, uh, took a liking to me. I, it was probably because I was a, a bagel man. I, I made bagels back then for a living. And to visit the band house where they all lived with, a, you know, like three dozen bagels in a bag, you're the hero, you know? So he liked me and, and I would sit in. And then before long, I was a roadie, you know, doing two or three, four songs a night. And I had to... Uh, I had to step up my game because I wanted to be on stage more. So with the, with the, the um, eclectic nature of what they did, I started taking percussion lessons. I, I took flute lessons. And, you know, I got good at it over, over some time. And before long, I was just a full-fledged member of the band. And we just toured up and down New Jersey, you know, New York area, metro area. But we had I wouldn't trade it for anything. We had a lot of fun. You know, I don't have a, a bank account from it. Well. <laughs> I don't think anybody really does. I don't think. Well, but even, I wouldn't. Yeah, even the big ones, I, you know, it's like how much do they make off of it? And Right. You, you know, you learn things every day. I mean, if you don't sign the right contract, I had a yeah. friend with a couple gold records but he didn't sign the right contract and uh he was pretty mad about that so he was out playing till the end of his days clubs and things and just you know having a rough time of it but but he did what he loved and he was great at it yeah mm -hmm. yeah and that's the story from from most you know it's a struggle but we love it yeah you know? yeah i you know you, i'm you can't make a living unless you, um, anymore. I mean, I don't know if you ever could. I think maybe in the early days, like you said, in the seventies, those guys made money, you know, if they yeah, you still, you had to be in the right place at the right time. It didn't matter how good you were, you yeah. know, you had, even if you had great music that you wrote yourself, you still had to get it out there. So it was work. It was a lot of hard work and, and only the truly dedicated um, to it were, you know, survived. And I decided a long, long time ago that I'm just going to work a day job. I'm going to work a day job. I'm going to play music at night. I'm going to support my family, raise my kids. Yeah. And I'll, you know, as long as I can keep my foot in the door and keep my chops up, I'm okay. You know, I never need to, I never needed to be a big star or be known or anything. It doesn't really matter. I just, I just love music and love the harmonica. Yeah. It, it, and learning it is, um, I think it's a lifetime adventure to be out and doing music. I, oh, yeah. I myself too didn't, um, I did the same as you. In fact, I was in Charleston in the seventies going to like the flying Dutchman and all the little clubs on the coast there. I spent some time in Florida too, um, but I wasn't into music then. I was going to college, but I I never looked out to become a musician. It was actually um, kind of something that I fell into after working a day job until I became disabled, and then just found the music to be 
really healing and fun and always an adventure. It's like a magic carpet ride, the harmonica. For me, that's it's just been that way. But like you were saying, you got out there and you played. The more I played and the more I studied, then the more I learned that I needed to learn more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I still think I suck. Yeah. Well, you blow, you know? too, man. So. We're, yeah. we're, we're chasing it. We're chasing it. Yeah, there's so, like, many, there's so many great teachers out there. Uh, that's another that's another reason I'm sure you know that I have um, an annual workshop. That's what I would want to talk about. Like, that's exciting. Yeah. Yes. The, the Paradise Coast Harmonica Workshop. And that's one of the reasons because there's so many great teachers. I want people to meet these guys and I want them to support these guys and learn from them. Um, because they are great teachers. I mean, Todd Parrott, I, I'll, I'll have Todd at every one of my events. He's a great teacher. So, yeah, unless, you know, unless he's off doing something, um, I'm catching it just right this year because he's having, he's having a baby, and the baby will be a couple months old by the time I have my workshop, so he should be able to get away. I'm, I'm praying that, that he, he'll be able to get away. What is the date of this year's workshop? This year's workshop. So far, it's not it's not set in stone. But the week I the weekend I picked is uh, June 9th, tenth, and eleventh, and it's in Fort Myers, Florida. Super super convenient. Um, you know, if you if you're from if you're flying in, you fly right into RSW. Shuttle picks you up, brings you to the hotel, which is only a couple miles away. And the the whole event is at the hotel. So it's kind of like a mini spa. Yeah. You know, without the big vendor room. You know, I have the banquet hall, you know, where they where they hold their big events. It's a it's a really nice hotel. Um it's a holiday inn, but when you think holiday inn, you think like of a little roadside holiday inn. This is not. This is a this is a big one. And they cater to the airport. So they have you know, they have all the, the uh the people from the airlines stay there, so they got to keep the place nice. Otherwise, they'll lose the business. Um, but they really love when we come in. I bet. The first, the first year, the first year we um, we did our evening jams in the lounge. They let us use the lounge. Last year was a little bit too loud, so they said you have to stay in the banquet room, which actually turned out much better because we can play later. We didn't have to worry about how loud we were or you know how much racket we made because we were far enough away from the guests that it didn't bother anybody. But still left the door open for guests to stroll through and check it out, which many did. It was, it's a great time. It's really great hang. Um, it's three days of just, you know, we, I think we do one, two, three, four classes per day. Four or five classes per day. And slots. So there could be simultaneous classes going on at the same time. It could be up to like eight classes a day. That's a lot. I like to structure it more of having a um, two in the morning. You know, just one teacher teaching for an hour and a half. Then take a break, have another teacher teach for an hour and a half, lunch, some hangout time, and then do the same thing in the afternoon. 
but all the while I have a band that comes in and <clears throat> these are a couple of the guys that I play with on Tuesday nights now. Not that Mudbone band that's on that CD, but um, Josh Pitbull Rowan. He's a guitar player. He did recently did the North Carolina Harp Fest for Todd. He, him and his father plays bass, and their drummer drove up to North Carolina and stayed for a few days. And he's super supportive. I mean, he'll play. He'll sit there. Todd had a really great venue where it was a big room, nice big stage, plenty of room for seating. And he would just sit on the stage and just play groove and let everybody just go ahead and go kind of like a circle jam at spa that can go for, for an hour. That's when everybody's got their mojo working. Let's listen to Jerry playing mojo working right now with Mudbone.
been friends with Adam Gusso when we were young like 18 19 we play he, you know he we didn't live too far apart um, we didn't really hang out but we would visit each other's gigs and, and jam together and yeah. you know talk and but you know 27 years went by like that you know without speaking or anything so I reached out and I said so I see that you've been at this spa thing tell me about it and he wrote me a letter back and he said, if you're used to being the best player in the room, you won't be. So just relax and don't worry about it, you know. And then he said, you know, after five days, you're ready to pull your hair out. But I don't find that. I find that I enjoy, I enjoy every minute of it. Every yeah. second. I remember meeting you. Um, the first time I met you was in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. In the vendor area, and you came and said, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> I and it was it wasn't my first spa, but it was my first spa being a vendor, and in that element of it. And so I've gone in every every way. I've gone as a beginner, it's somebody that plays now and earns money as a you know a broadcaster, a vendor, been on the stage. That was the scariest moment of my life, <laughs> absolutely. And but I I'm not the only one. I've watched the big pros be very nervous to get on that stage because you're in front of your peers and yeah. Yeah. But mm -hmm. still though, after you're done performing, you get down and you're like, well, that was cool. <laughs> I did yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing about, that's the thing about the harmonica community is that they're so warm, you know, there's, there's not all the hush hush behind you. If, if you make a mistake, you know, mistakes are not really mistakes they're learning experiences i mean i remember my my first performance at spa was in i think it was oklahoma i think it was tulsa the last the last one in tulsa your I, previous guest charlie and i did a set together nice yeah yeah we each he did a set i did a set i brought up um nick clark with me played some guitar and Kyle Rowland played guitar for me. He's a good and we, kid. We had a ball. Oh, they're yeah. all good kids. They're, 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 they're just they're, so full yeah. of energy and wonderful. <laughs> I know, I know. And yeah. then Charlie and I did a few songs together. It was, it was really good. We got a really good response. Somebody recorded it, so it is actually archived. Yeah, I got it. Re ours recorded. Yeah. I just listened to it the other day, and I thought, what an excellent job Christopher Richards did on that sound on the one that I was on and it was mm -hmm. just you know it sound it I sounded good my vocals were really good it was it was great and um you know this the sound text every single element that goes into it it there's not a flaw those guys pull it off to you know it's something you don't want to miss and I've had to and it's and with this COVID stuff ugh. so 
I'm hoping to make Tulsa this year, but I'm so involved myself in a lot of other things. It's going to, we're going to see how it plays out. You know, as far as I know, they're still doing it. Yeah, they're hoping. They're hoping. You know, I don't know if you know, I put it out there every week that I host a, uh, a Zoom harmonica hangout like every Thursday night. Yeah. Most Thursday nights, except for last week, I had a nice, well-paying gig, so I took the night off. Um, but I've been doing it since the start of COVID, just to kind of keep people connected. And I'm guilty, too. I wanted to stay connected with people. I didn't want to lose relationships because we're, you know, most of us are all miles apart, so we would never get to see each other. So I just started, you know, just say, hey, anybody want to come hang out? And, you know, I get everybody comes on. I've had Jerry Portnoy on there. P.T. Gazelle comes on regularly. Mad Cat. Uh, Rob Paparossi comes on. Todd's there every week. You know, I mean, it's awesome. And, and, and a host of other players. They just pop in. They pop in and out. T.J. Clay. You know, you never knew who's going to come in. I never know who's going to come in. Wow. So and then there are some, there are some regulars. Um. Or how yeah, I put it on my wall every week. I, I usually put a picture. I show you. This is just going to be broadcast. Um, the audio is just going to be broadcast, right? On this, correct. Um, I, I yeah. archive these um, these videos, but I... I right, I, but I'm, I'm going to show you the picture that I normally put up. Okay, I see that. Oh, yes. Is that your That's my grandbaby. Yeah, it's my new grandbaby, Olivia. And I drew in a little harmonica in her hand. And I just put that up there and I say, okay, you know, we're having a, a Zoom hangout tonight. You hear that, everybody? So go to Facebook, go to Jerry's page and uh, join on in. We did a little bit of that here with the Berkeley Harmonica Club. And um, and I miss it. Uh, we They stopped after a while, but. I don't know what you know, so you do lose connection. But I've been able to uh, stay a little connected doing these podcasts, you know, because yeah. I hook up and, and talk to people and get to see them. And, it, and it's wonderful because I do miss seeing everybody there. You know, I plan for it. It's a, I become obsessed with it. And my family, you know, they have to hear about it. And they're like, one minute you're going, the next minute you don't think you are. Then So I just, I go through all these things because I want to get there and form those relationships. I can remember first time I ever saw Buzz Krantz, you know, mm-hmm. and, and gentlemen open the door for me and say, come on in, ma'am. And just so sweet and welcoming, like you said, and just each person and you meet complete strangers on the first day of it and your lifetime friends after you leave. Yeah. Buzz is a regular on the Zoom meeting. Buzz is so funny. As a matter of fact, when, you know, he sent me a little emoji with, you know, it's his face. Like, I, you know, yeah, people on things. Facebook, yeah, I forget what they are, what they're called, but it's his face basically as a cartoon with a teardrop coming down his eye, you know. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a special guy, man. So, um, in your playing of harmonica, um, it's always, if you're a beginner out there, which, you know, there's a lot of beginners out there and they're listening for tips and tricks. And uh, what is, what do you, when you're talking to a brand new student, how do you approach that? Well, it, it's, it's really unique to each person. Usually I ask them to, you know, show me what you got. Because usually people don't approach you 
if they just picked up the harmonica. They usually have a month or two of trying to figure it out before they, you know, start going crazy. Yeah. So I usually ask, show me what you got. Don't be nervous. Just anything. doesn't matter. I'm not going to really judge you, but I am going to judge you. And, you know, you pick it up from there, whether they're breathing correctly, whether they're tense, you know, um, their tone, you know, is the thing far enough in their mouth. I won't get into tongue blocking versus lip pursing. Well, that's a, you know, I, I, although that probably gets more, uh, longer threads than anything else on, on, on the social media sites. Yeah, I did a podcast about it. I was, I was calling it the great debate. The great debate. It's, you know, I don't, I do both and don't really even think about it as I would say, as do most, you know, professional players don't, they don't really think about, you know, it's a tongue blocking or lip pursing. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I never thought about it until just, I started teaching and, and I was like, what exactly do I do? So yeah. then I started really paying attention and I mm -hmm. went, Oh, I think that might be impossible to teach. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on in there, um, yeah. you know, and but I really do try what I do is I'll ask what kind of a style of music do they want to learn? And if it's the blues, then, you know, you've got to learn tongue block. You know, you're not going to get any tone. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe that that's true. And if you're going to do melody or you're going to play gospel, you can you can get away with pucker playing and eat single notes and and figure that out but how else can you do an octave if you're you know without tongue blocking right you need to do that right i try to teach i i'll go through the the ropes with them like that too and ask them and then follow by listening i i teach children i'm the art music director in our town here and um kids just the great thing about them is they already think they're great when they pick it up yeah oh yeah no doubt about that no doubt I'll usually try and get the beginners uh, doing a rhythm first and not really super concerned about whether they can hit a single note, you know, because anybody can open up and play the chord, yeah. you know, and to get it, to get a rhythm going like a train or, or, you know, Sonny Terry had a lot of great little rhythms, you know, so to teach somebody something similar that's not quite as syncopated as Sonny it's not too hard to do, you know. Sonny was that. unique because he was so syncopated. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but that's pretty much how I'll approach a beginner, and then then get them to okay. Now here's a scale. You know, try and get it clearly, and try and get the breath. You know, try not to to isolate each note. Try and make it flow up and down. Um, and, and Basically, I think that's it. You know? Important, you know, I mean, I think that a lot of people don't, they think it's like, I don't want to sit there and do that. They don't understand you're setting up muscle memory and that it's really good right. to put you into the song correctly. And, and ear you know, training, too. Cause ear, exactly. Most, I still haven't, I have taught a, a couple of people. There's a, a guy I'm currently teaching now plays piano. He doesn't know a ton of theory. He could figure stuff out. Um He's got a great ear. So now we're just working on tone and licks. 
Okay. You know, you need a library. You need when, you know, because I get asked a lot, what do you think about when you're improvising? I don't. I don't. You learn to know where to go when you hear a chord coming up, you know. If you, the more you play, the more you're going to hear it. You know, the easier it's going to be on you because you can anticipate what's coming ahead. Yes. So the more, the more you have in your library, it's just going to come out naturally. You yeah. know, and, and I do understand that other, you know, there are people that struggle with it. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I really don't know how to explain improvisation. Yeah, you know, I, you know what, we, we, we were playing, we had band practice Saturday and we have a stand-up bass player. He plays a lot of other instruments. I want everybody out there to know that we're doing this podcast a little later in the day. And the noise behind me is my dog's. And there's a lot going on in the house that when I do the earlier ones, this was the time appropriate that we could do this, you guys. So this background noise, I probably can't cut out, but it's a couple of rowdy dogs uh, behind me there. They're cheering um, for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, my I had the one's deaf. He used to he used to love to play with me. But anyways, on improvising, I I'm a stickler like, OK, the song's got to have a beginning and end. it's got to it's got to play this way. And I know for jamming here, you're you guys are doing a lot of improvising and you're you're out there. Yeah. 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 And our bass player loves that. And, you know, and all of a sudden he's doing one of our songs on the bass. It's things I've never even known anybody could do. And then we just took off from there and took me a couple of days and I had to write him. And I said, man, that was that was sweet. I can't explain how any of it happened. I'm sure there wasn't a, a bunch of people to hear it because they would have went nuts. But yeah. that's the that's the meaning of a jam. Yeah, and that's what we try and accomplish on Thursdays. You know, it's it's, it's sometimes it's hard because you really have to keep the audience engaged too, yes. rather than just being up on stage and you know doing your own thing. But, you know, because we played together for a really long time, we had chemistry. We knew we kind of you can anticipate where guys are going. So do you let their... guests up on that or is that? Um, oh, every week. Up? Yeah. Okay. You know, we play that. That That's about the longest that we'll play on a Tuesday night as the band. And, you know, we probably went a little longer that night because we were recording. But then right after that, we don't take breaks or anything. We just bring people up. We just start. And there's no sign-up sheet or anything. You come, you say hi, you tell me what you play, and I get you up on stage at some point. You know, it's it's cool. just a great it's a great night. I, I I've been I've been sending out the live feed every week. I've been watching them. So, yeah, so you, so you see it. If you hang in there for a while, you never know who you're going to see. You know, if you're going to get anybody good. Last night there were in total nine harmonica players. There are usually none, so I'm usually playing for, for three and a half hours straight or three hours straight without, you know, without a break. Or I usually I do. I do it. It's I take a couple songs off. Yeah, yeah. We do it when we gig because Julio and I, um, we, we play a lot, and a lot of times it's three hours. Yeah. But I was master of the hang last night. Wow. You know, I got up and played my set, and then I was pretty much done. You know, heart. I got up, I would just get up and introduce people and get them up, set them up. You know, I have a couple different microphones if they don't bring their own. Is that up on the Harmonica Lovers today? Did you post it up online? I, d I did last night, yeah. Okay, I'll, have to, I'll check it out. I'll have to check it out. 
You know what I like about all the harmonica players coming is that they kind of they kind of challenge each other because each week I'll see who was working and who who wasn't. You know, because now you know down here there's season. It's season. Um, it's getting more. There's getting to be more and more year-round people here. But when I first came, and it was only ten years ago, I came here. Um, summer was dead. I mean, you can go anywhere on the road, no traffic. You can you can get uh, dinner for two with a bottle of wine for twenty bucks. That's not happening anymore. Now it's it's getting to be like L.A. around here. There's there's just so many people on the road. And they're doing so much building. Wow. And this is, uh, you know, Fort Myers, Naples, that area. Um, it's just booming. Yeah, yeah. You know? Even if it's rough and cold, it's still, there's still something about it that just brings you close, you know. Yeah, our whole closer. family was from back there, and we'd go as a kid. I'd go and get on the coast. And so it's a warm spot for me because it was family, you know, going. And I've got a lot of family in Florida, in fact probably pretty close to you i'm sure that there's a rest somewhere the the owens and the Russes are there's they're pretty big family my dad's family's huge we're out here i'm i'm the only rest in these hills except for my brother and uh yeah so we don't have as much family on this side but but it's where i've been and i love it it's a lot different and mm -hmm. um we it's really slowed down and been strange with the covid thing but starting to open up again and music starting to happen we're kind of in the wine country so we have a lot of wineries and art openings and things like that and and the wine bars are kind of big here mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of the live music happens here right culture you know? yeah we're but, just the wild west down here we i feel like we're kind of the wild west here up here where we're at too but we got sacramento you know not when it comes to COVID. <laughs> You guys were very much the Wild West. Yeah. We, we, we were, were closed for like six weeks. Yeah, we've been closed down off and on. And yeah. Got it anyway. Wore triple mask and got it anyway. Yeah. We got over it here. and So I figure now I'm good. I'm ready to go. Rock and yeah. roll. I'm, I'm ready. It's, it's, we're itching. That's why the band started working out. I know we're going to be back doing our thing. They're opening our little club. We had a club here that, um, uh, that called the Academy. You know, it's West Point, so it's the Academy. And that was our spot that we played, and all the people had, we had music going on down there a few times a week. And they're reopening. So we, everybody's, when are you going to be back? As soon as she calls us. That's you know? it. So, so we're lucky in that regard. And we got a lot of, of mus musical people here, a lot of musicians in our area. So everywhere, got, everywhere. This, this particular area, Southwest Florida, is teeming with talent. Oh, I, mean, I bet. In every genre. Yeah. You know, I think I think what it is, a lot of people um, they get tired of the cold. Number one, but as you, as they get a little bit older and they start to slow down, they look for really comfortable places to be. And you know, it's not real comfortable in the summer because it's so hot. But you know. Everything is indoors in the summer, yeah, or out or outdoors. You, if you know, there's a lot going on outside too. But most venues, if you're outside, you're underneath some kind of cover, and there's fans and misters and all of that stuff. So I mean, it's really year round now. Um, 
I remember you, the spa on Virginia Beach. There was there was music on every corner. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you. It's like that there too, huh? Like you've got. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah, there's a a friend of mine has a website, and it's called Things to Do. Uh, things to do in Southwest Florida. And each day he painstakingly lists every live act that's around. And most days it's, you know, 200, like on a Monday. And this is just this, this, just this local area, you know, within maybe a, a 50 mile radius. Wow. Yeah. And at weekends, forget about it. Weekend, there are hundreds and hundreds of acts playing. So you can literally walk, depending on where you are, you can literally just walk and see 10 different acts. Yeah, that's You know, if you're downtown Naples, downtown Naples is gorgeous. And there's a lot of venues. Not, not clubs per se, mostly restaurants, but a lot of them feature live music. Jazz, you know, it's not uncommon to see a, a great jazz band, you know, just walking into a to a restaurant that has a bar. I mean, it's Tenacious. totally not uncommon. Yeah, or a blues duo, or just singer songwriter. Tons of singer songwriter. As a matter of fact, Naples, um, they set you up every couple of blocks. There's a performer on the right. corner. Yeah, that's what I. That's how it was there yeah. in your beach. Yeah. Amazing. And they kill it. They kill it. If you're good, you can make a ton of money busking. Nice. That's not really busking because they're getting paid by the town. Yeah. But the tips are the tips are incredible. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's really good. It's a good scene. That's but cool. I should really not talk so good about it because I want people to stop coming here. It's too crowded. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It. That's how it is here. It's like there's too many people now. We're, well, we're, it's not it's no. not the easiest thing getting a gig as a harmonica player unless you're fronting. You right. Know? If you're yeah. singing and fronting a band, yeah. then you call the shots, kind of. You know what I mean? There's more you're you're more valuable. But just as a harmonica player, there's typically not enough money to go around to pay a fifth person. Right. You know, sometimes even a fourth person. Right. You know, that's the one drawback of having so many musicians in one spot is that there's always somebody that's going to do it cheaper, you know. Well, but when fortunately, I was younger, younger I'd, I could get away with it because I looked pretty good up there. And <laughs> <laughs> then you get older and you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I learned to sing and started songwriting and do voice training and stuff was, and I did congas and drums and all that, but I finally just, and I'm really lucky now because... I can just sing and play my harmonica with Julio and our bass player. And where we're at, we can, we can do good. You know, yeah. we, we can do all right. But just yeah. if you're a harmonica player, it is harder. And, it, you know, that's why you want to let those guys get up there with your band and, and get those opportunities to play. Well, the, the, one of the first things I did, somebody sent me a flyer for the Florida Harmonica Championships. It's just a contest that... You know, these two guys put on every year. And somebody sent me the flyer, and I said, well, you know what? I don't really know anybody. I was just going to the Mudbone Jam. I would go there every Tuesday just to, you know, just to play a little bit and keep my chops up. I didn't know anyone. I said, well, let me go to this thing. 
I could meet some people, maybe network a little bit, maybe get a gig. And I ended up winning it. It didn't do really much for my career because I didn't, I didn't really meet anybody that, you know, then that was hiring. You know, since then I have, I have developed some nice relationships with people from it. Yeah. And um, so I did it for that reason and that reason only. And, you know, it, it just helps to get out there. You know, if you're a player and you're, and you're worried that nobody's going to like you, just get out there and play. Just do it. Because, you know, the more you play, the better you're going to get. And the nicer you are, the more gigs you're going to get. So if you're nice to people and you're not an egomaniac and, you know, you're not a drunk, you're going to get gigs. Yep. Period. Yeah, period. Yeah, that's for sure. And um, it's always hard if you, you know, if you're, you're never done that thing and you want to. Because when we, we have the open mic and I'll see a musician, and they want to and they're scared. And you help them up on stage and ease that a little bit and. Then they're so excited and they go home and come back better the next week. And that opportunity is there at that space and in that time that they might not ever get ever anywhere. So mm-hmm. I always I, I always tell people, and if you're a harmonica player, I think if you go to like Jerry, you go down and see what Jerry and them are doing. You get to learn the band. You see the grooves. You see how they work together. Go home and think about doing something in that style. And then ask to get up, you know, and if you if you make brutal mistakes, that's a good learning experience, because, you know, how else are you going to learn if you don't get out there and try? You know, and, you know, I mean, not everybody's going to love what you do anyways, regardless. Say you got 10 people and and three like you. Those are that's pretty good odds. You you (laughs) had that by a billion people and you might make some money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it, um, so you guys are looking to doing more stuff, and you've got your 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 um, harmonica workshop coming up. So what I'd like you to do is, as you get closer to that, maybe we could, when you get everything nailed down, we can we can do a podcast on that, and we can tell tell everybody what's happening. Talk more about last year's. Last year, last year I had Rob Paparossi was excellent. And I was explaining a little bit about the, about the room. We get the banquet room for seminars. And then I also have a breakout room where we can either have another seminar going on or just kind of a jam room, hangout room. And, you know, the guitar player is usually there. He's usually there playing. Sometimes he's with the, the bass player too and they're just playing for the guys. Okay, what do you need? What do you need? You know, what kind of groove do you need? What do you want to work on? You know, the good thing about this guitar player is he plays harmonica too, so he he can relate. Nice. So that's a real good that's a real good uh, feature, and it's jam. We just jam all the time. It's jamming. There's always an opportunity to jam during the day, all the way up through when everybody says goodnight. Because I usually don't have the instructors do a full on set. Right. You know featuring them because number one they really don't want to work that hard and you know number two they want to get up there and say what they got to say and then let other guys have fun 
So that's basically how I structure it. You guys want to play, you know, if the instructors want to play, you play as much as you want. But I want the guys, I want the attendees to jam. Nice. If they can jam with you, then more better, you know. But just let them have their time. And, you hear that yeah, out I'll tell there, buddy? This podcast goes all around the world. And so there's listeners that listen. And um, now we're talking about June of 2022. So that gives you guys time to think about this and um, prepare and, yeah. and, and go somewhere where you're going to get that much time to play and learn. And I, it's so worth it. it. I can't emphasize enough how worth it it is to be able to play then sit back and talk and learn and go off by yourself in the hall, come back and play. You, you just don't get that by going to jams or trying to do it on YouTube. That one-on-one -on -one experience, that group experience where everybody's together, it's priceless. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. And the good thing about Florida is that you can bring your family too yeah. because you're 10 minutes from the beach, you know, so your family can go off and, 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 have a beach day or, or a spa day or there's so much to do here that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, put it this way, guys, it's easier to talk your wives into letting you come to a harmonica event if she comes with you. Or you're, you're the harmonica player and you want to take your husband. That's correct. As well, because there That's are more correct. and more female players. Um, and great ones. And too. really great ones. And really great ones. You need to do this. So, um, even if you get a girlfriend to come with you or you come by yourself, don't be afraid. I went mm -hmm. to these things by myself and I was a little bit afraid, but it was, it was wonderful. There was never a problem and, and everybody there is, you know, ready to help. So Florida, I'd say book, mm -hmm. book the ticket. Man. You know, there's a girl out by you. I'm not sure where in California she is. Uh, her name is Sonia Hay. I met her. I met her at um, a Ronnie Shellist workshop in Denver, Colorado. Right. And, you know, we talked a bit about spa. And she said she was always intimidated, you know, because there's so many men. I said, man, it's changing. I said, it's changing now. You know, not only are there a lot more female harmonica players, but a lot of the guys are bringing their wives now, too. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's grown quite a bit since, um, like I said, my first one was in 2009 and then I've watched that evolve and I have brought a lot of women on board that are from California that go to spa and, uh, plan. And once they went, they're going to go every year. They're going to try to go every year. Mm -hmm. Some of them play, um, other instruments, some play in trios and, and, you know, so you just get out there and you don't know what, you're going to find you can but it's going to be good so all right man well you know what i'm going to play i'd like to play some of your music here do you have us any of these in particular you'd want me to put in the podcast um doesn't really matter i think i'm playing on every one of them you I've are seen a couple of them yeah yeah i but you, you are know. sounds great they're they're long jams they're not like song songs so. no we're jamming yeah it's, yeah jamming yeah. so you're going to want to <laughs> going to want to get your harps out and uh, jam along with them. So that's a good way to do it, too. So briefly, um, you were talking about teaching kids before. I didn't I, I failed to mention um, Honer, 
who me endorses me. I'm, I'm super, super proud of it. Um, but at one of my workshops, Todd and I took a few hours off. I Skyped in Roly Platt to teach a class to keep the attendees busy. Steve Geiger was there along with Connor Frontera. They were, they were holding the class to keep the guys busy while we were out. And Todd and I went and taught 350 kids at a local, two, actually two local schools. One, um, they Skyped in. This two schools, like the principals knew each other, they were friends. They Skyped the schools in. So Todd taught a class. Skyped into the school I went to, and I just kind of monitored the class, and it was it was a blast. It was a blast to see the joy on the kids' faces. We're gonna have us some fun here. I'm gonna um, put in a song that is on the CD called "Lollipop Mama," and they're cooking and they're having a good time, and you you can just feel it in this song. And then we'll get back to a little bit more of the interview before we're done here today.
Dave, you look ridiculous, man. talk about how great Horner is right now in teaching kids. That's what the subject we're on. I'm the art and music director at Blue Mountain Coalition for Youth and Families, and we run, I'm, we run from grants from the state of California, and I, I'm hugely involved in projects and my kids, and every Friday I get to go down and, and spend the afternoon with them, and Drew has sent me special 20s, and so the kids get their own harmonicas, and and then they learn a song and I, I teach them singing as well. So they can kind of do a little bit of both. And there's no better joy than with the kids because they, yeah. they already think they, that they're good. So just yeah. by talking to them and not discouraging that in the least, they're halfway there. Yeah. Well, you know, that was the, the, the great thing about Sonny Terry was he was always encouraging. You know, even if you goofed up, I mean, I have I have samples of of my lessons like that's typically what I will do in a lot of these workshops is I'll just do a class called Sonny and me. And here's what it was like to take lessons from Sonny, you know, not really teaching people how to play like Sonny, but just listening to excerpts of the recordings, big laughs and some really sour notes and just fun. But he was never you know, if, if there was, if I was struggling with something, he would just say, all right, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. But otherwise, oh, you're pretty good there. You know, you got a strong whoop. Yeah. So it, it was great. I, I totally get it. And I'm, I'm waiting for the day where, where like a teenager comes and says, you know, you're the guy, you're the guy that inspired me to play, you know? Yeah. And... Well, for me, yeah. it's been more, it's been about 
little girls and women because they cannot believe number one that you're up there and that you're performing and they don't they won't take their eyes off of you so mm-hmm. you're you're mentoring without really trying a different generation of girls that aren't going to say i can't do that because it's a boy's instrument right well i think we ruined a girl last night i mean there was a little girl she was probably five and she was out there and she had two egg shakers and she's shaking them so we brought her up on stage and she jammed with us and we even gave her a solo you know we brought the band way down and featured her and she had a huge smile on her face so i think i think we ruined her Uh, but i did leave her with a piece of advice and that was to go to college so oh definitely yeah And in your spare time, play music. Yeah. And in your spare time, go on over to Facebook and like that Harmonica Lovers page. Jerry posts things there as well as people from all around the world. All kinds of things happening and playing. And um, the sites, if you love Harmonica, and um, we keep it, we keep it going with no spam and no no hate talk and no uh, political agendas. Just the love of music. I've enjoyed talking to Jerry, and I'm going to post along with this podcast, links to his page so that you can um, keep up on what's going on. And we'll try to get him back on here as the time for his event gets closer. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast here with Nedra Russ. And uh, keep on loving music. I'm going to say goodbye to him now. And I'm going to leave us with a little bit of maybe one more of his jams when we're done here. Cool. I appreciate the time. It was nice to talk to you. It was good talking to you, buddy. And come hang out on my Zoom. I know, I know, you know, it's tough for you guys out there because it's like dinner time. I do it at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. So it's, you know, 6 o'clock is a tough time when you're on the West Coast to, yeah. to really do anything. But you're always welcome. Well, I appreciate I do it that. because, I, you know, I get home from work and, and it's the only opportunity during the week where I get to spend a couple hours, more than 15 minutes with my wife. And she goes to bed early, so I take a, I take a half hour for myself, and then I do the Zoom, and I'm usually on it for, you know, could yeah, be hours. You gotta have time for that grandbaby yeah. too. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, she's she's incredible. She's we're, we're so in love. It's you know we find ourselves jonesing by the end of the week because like we only it. see him on on weekends. You know. That's wonderful, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. You, you I'm really talking about her, you, people, you can't see this, but he just lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> mere pot. Just, lights went on everywhere, man. Yeah it's, yeah, it's the fun part about getting old. Yeah, we're not getting old. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you're playing your music, it, 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 it's just a matter of attitude, baby. You know, you, you yeah. got it going on. All right, bro. We'll talk All right. again, and I'll get this up. Thank you for your time. Cool. Great to see Bye. you. Grab, grab a harmonica, come to Florida. I, grab a honer. Grab a honer. Uh, I, no others. I got a kid. They're everywhere. They are <laughs> absolutely every single where in this room and in my cars. And and I'm not allowed if I go show up somewhere. That's the first question. Where's your harps? Where's your harps? Okay. I get yelled at all the time. Yeah. Where's your harps? I get yelled at all the time. Yeah, brother. That's good. Yeah. Bye. Peace. Peace. to be beautiful 
Thank you. One more time for Billy Peterson on the drums. Yeah. 